Welcome back to Who the Fuck Are These Guys? How are you, Mako Shark? Matty C. Good, mate. Uh, here we are, episode 61. It's Christmas, Matthew. Can you can you smell it? Can you can you can smell, smell the festivity it. in the air? I can smell it. You can see the festivity on my bond. So I've just done a run, Mako Shark. It was what's supposed to be a nice Christmas jog, a soft jog. And I'll tell you, the shower is not taken, Mako Shark. But I'll tell you what has taken this podcast, 61 episodes, if I'm correct, Mako Shark, of the hottest pod in this country, soon to be the hottest radio show, the hottest combination. Whatever you like, Mako Shark, we'll give it to you. That's what I'll be saying. And uh, everything's going well. Festive season. I love the I love festive it. season. I love it. Well, a lot of podcasts take a break around this time of year. They really go. They go on ice, don't they? They really yep. hit the pine. They sit. They put their feet up. They go, hey, that's enough out of us. But not us. Not this podcast. Not the, not this one. It's <laughs> oh, week after week. It's Christmas. It's festive period. It's Yule time, whatever the fuck that means. It, uh, we don't stop. It's week after I'm week. It's actually when quite we will disgusting. stop it for a week and just have a feet up and go out for a little holiday with our families. Because I tell you, I've even potted while away. I was potting I've in the potted fucking... in the middle of a, a hospital suite with a birth of a child <laughs> mere hours previous. I've fucking potted there. So if you can pod there, you can pod anywhere. And you've done the same. I, well, I have. And and um, and on holiday and everything. But I'll tell you what, when they sleep, Mako Shark, we take over. That is the thing. And that's how we've done it brick by brick, knockout by knockout. Mako, another massive. And, and it's not like we're just releasing to release. That's the other thing. We get better and bigger every week. And this is a jam packer, a Kerry. We haven't mentioned Kerry Packer for a while, a jam packer mm. of an episode. Who have we got? One of our absolute favourites, one of the, the smoothest sounding men, Mako Shark. And only this man, I reckon, rivals us on the dulcet sounds of an undertone of greatness via a microphone. Who have we got this week, Mako Shark, and what are we on about? Well, he's got velvety, velvety, uh, velvety tones, dulcet tones, yeah. as you've said quite, quite rightly. Brought to you mm. by Palmerbet, as always, Australia's greatest gambling agency here in Australia. Please do so responsibly. But this week, friend of the pod, it's Benny Damon, the face and voice of Australian boxing. This man, he can, he could talk underwater. This bloke, he is absolutely <laughs> all about it. Gift of the gab, and he's an encyclopedia of the boxing industry. Yeah. He knows oh. every fucking uh, mate. We could just. Throw a few little dot points in, a few bit of burly in the water, and he just, like a ravenous shark, just attacks oh, and goes for you. it. I love it. I love interviewing him, Mako Shark. Well, not really even interviewing him, just sort of shooting the shit, but Chatting. you sort of throw a topic out there and, you, and geez, he can run with it. And it makes – it's a better experience for the listeners too because, I mean, everyone loves us, and they get a full hour, 45 to an hour of us. But when it's the guest, we're really there to prompt and pull out the greatness. But he just – he prompts pulls and greatnesses without us, really. It could just be the demon. 30 and we just have him in there talking and then we come on the other side um because i tell you he uh he has got them i reckon we're we're two of the top three minds of the business but in his business he's number one that that guy knows everything he was throwing names that i knew but i'd sort of forgotten about he just goes boom 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 and we and we don't give which i sort of panicked mako we didn't give him a run on what we were going to go with and he just went straight in so um absolutely it's just all off the cuff it's just no pre-planning, no no planning required, really. Just three men that absolutely love the sport just shooting the shit about a huge year, Matty. This is uh, exciting because our man, Ben Damon, as he's, he's, he's a friend of the pod. We got him on early, early, early doors this year. And if we, if I am right, I'm pretty sure he yeah. was the – we had a few weeks where it was just me and you. We weren't quite Australia's hottest podcast yet. We had a guest here, guest there, a few weeks off, just me and you talking shit. We got Ben Damon on the pod, and that kick-started – 
a <laughs> non-stop, still oh. to this day, un, unbroken yep. chain of weekly guests every single yep. week since Ben Damon, I think episode <laughs> 14 or something, since we're now at 61. This podcast has not stopped. And it's great to get him back on because we had him on early, talk about a big year, and now we've got him back on to, to recap what was probably even a bigger year than we expected. I think it was. And I still will never forget when I just – I was probably out on one of my YouTube sessions and I saw one of his stories and he was promoting something. And I said, well, you still haven't been on Australia's best pod. And he wrote, he wrote back, what pod's that, mate? Mm. And I went, our <laughs> pod, get on it. And that's how he actually – so, like, what sort of bloke response to a bloke He's probably had a thousand beers talking up a pod that's 11 episodes, 12 episodes in, and he's like, what pod is that? And then I tell him, he's like, yeah, no worries, whatever you want. And he's always been like that. Every time we see him, he's he's fantastic. He's a really good fella. And uh, we're not just saying that because he's a, a friend of the pod. He's um he's, he's so good for the sport of boxing because there's so many gronkazoids involved. And having a man as smooth and succinct as he is in everything he does, I think it's only good for the sport, Mako Shark. And uh, look, we go a little, we do a little boxing um, preview, a little look, or sorry, boxing review, a little look into 2023 and some sort of performances of the uh, of the year. And then next week, Mako Shark, because we're a two, two-pronged headed fucking beast here. We didn't want to jam it all in one. So next week we'll do a sort of MMA version of that, will we not? I think we will. I think I think yeah. we'll have a bit of a uh, a look back, a little bit of a chat, a little bit of a uh, whatever the fuck I'm trying to think of. But uh, yeah, we'll talk about MMA next year, next week. We'll do the best ofs. We'll do the comebacks of the year, the KOs yeah. of the year, the fights of the year, the, the the greatness of the year. But mate, that's enough shit. Just out before, to just want to say before we get into that, Mako Sharp, because this is the hottest six minutes. But we got to just bring back. We are on the radio nationally and globally, mm. starting mm. Sunday, the twenty second of January, eight am, for all you people out there. And as we've said, please send any guests, any ideas, anything you want. We've got a great idea what we're going to do, but we're very open. It's the listeners' show. Like this podcast, so Mega Shark. Sorry to butt in, but I thought we've no, got to keep got to pumping this show because this is the biggest thing that's really happened on the radio airwaves in combat sport in the history of radio, and we're a part of it. And we'll be the two men for as long as we live and after we live. The two men that went nationally for this genre first, and you know what? We're not very good at like art stuff, like music, and have our brand left there. You know, I've always been jealous of people that like, make a song and it's there forever. Wow. The record books will say that we are the two mm. men that created the first Australian national and NZ specific combat sports radio program. So I don't at all uh, take this lightly, Mako Shark. Very serious show that will be with a, a normal flavour, but we're going to bring it and make sure it's a long-standing number one show for a long time, Mako. Now please take us into the, the fantastic guest. Oh, I just want to suck us off a bit too. Like we're going to be, we're pioneers. Oh, sorry, sorry, you can have a suck. Give me please a chance suck. to self suck. Have a suck. suck. Sorry, that was a selfish suck. Have a suck yourself there, mate. It's it's a, it's a back and forth suck. No, it's pioneers. That's what they're going to call us. You've got Christopher Columbus. You've got Magellan. You've got Captain Cook. You've got the Mako Shark, Matty C. It's talking them's fighting words. Sen. It's going to be massive. Oh yeah. Uh, I can't quite get my head around it still, but it's going to happen. So fucking, I better get my head around it asap because it's going to be big. It's going to be great. <laughs> But Just quickly as well, Benny, Benny Gill, big listeners, I say, you guys, fuck, you've got to be on your plate, you know, you've got your, your podcast and then you've got your radio, you'll probably, what, you're, what, 10, 11, 12 hours a week you're going to have to put into that? I'm like, what? 10 hours? Mate, this thing's just, it just, it just, it's like bloody, uh, it just flows, baby. We're flowy boys. We're, I mean, there'll be a bit of planning, but fucking 10, 12 hours a week. I don't know where it's he's getting that from, but anyway, 
I was shook. Maybe like, it fuck, should be. Maybe, maybe maybe we've got to get our head in the game. Maybe it should be 10 hours. I'm not sure. We'll what? find out. Jan 22. We will. Jesus we'll know after week one where we stand, Mako. All right. That's enough of that. Though. Here he comes. Australia's voice of boxing. It's Ben Damon. Here he comes. Fuckers, we are back again this week with another special guest. This is a long-time friend of the pod joining us again. We had him on earlier in the year to uh, preview a big year, and now we're getting him back on to recap what was a big year. It's uh, the voice of Australian boxing. It's none other than Ben Damon, and we're excited to have you on, mate. How are you? Yeah, very well. Uh, thanks for the chat, fellas, and um, been a big year for all of us. Uh, you guys as well. It's um, It's been frantic. We've had... Uh, Almost too many events, really, uh, to be perfectly honest. But um, there's yep. been some crackers, some really memorable fights, some outstanding events. And, um, yeah, 2023 is going to be enormous. But I guess we're talking mainly about what's just gone before us in 2022. Absolutely, mate. And uh, you talk about probably too many events. I'd, I'd um, love to see your your miles flown. I reckon you've 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 done a bit this year, mate, and the, the vocal cords might just deserve a well-earned break over Christmas, I hope. Especially when um, the good people at No Limit are taking the piss with um, 30 fights in a day and and that sort of stuff, <laughs> uh, Super Saturday. So yeah, it's no, it's been it's been great, um, been really good. Uh, yeah, we're flying all over the place. Not as many internationals as in previous years, but um, we had one really good international, obviously with Tim Zoo making his American debut against Terrell Gachet in uh, freezing uh, Minneapolis, which was um, just a, a brilliant event and a great experience over there. But um, yeah, we've been all around the country with fights um, right uh, around Australia and some really, really good ones. Um, probably Jaya Pattaya's world title win against Myris Bradis is is the standout um, and one of the standouts of all time, really. So um, it, it doesn't get much better than that. But, gee, it, it's been a, a really, really busy year and, and, and such a good one. And you just uh, you talk about those no-limit cards with so many fights and you, you're, you are the guy that's on all of them. And I wonder, how do you... Just before we get into the year, I just want to just speak to yourself quickly about how you actually prepare and do your homework on such a you know a heavy card. Is it um, is it hard to get through? Because obviously you, you want to save yourself for the, the main fights, but you want to respect every fight and do it do you know do it justice. How do you plan and prepare for those sort of over and over and above sort of events where it's just like madness from start to finish? Yeah, you're right with um, saving yourself for the main event because the main event is the main event. It's the last one of the night. So sort of um, you can get yourself in a position where you are spent or your voice is gone by that stage. Um, I've heard a few international uh, commentators and ring announcer David Diamante, whose who's voice completely went on a show the other day, which is <laughs> my nightmare. Um, yeah, but no uh, yeah, in terms of the preparation, um, I think um, I'm probably fortunate that I have sort of the other side of my role with main event and Fox Sports. So I live and breathe boxing um, every day. So really when it comes to the fights itself, I don't have to do that much 
cramming and figuring out who's who or anything like that or reviewing too many fights because largely I've called them all um, previously um, and and know the fighters uh, personally and professionally as well. But, um, yeah, you, you sort of um, you do have to take a little bit of care of, of your voice and um, your energy levels uh, and you can find yourself in a situation where there's back-to-back nights as well, um, probably one of the more taxing uh, one two punches of of the year was calling the uh, the uh, matchroom match card, card. Yeah. Um, in Brisbane on the Saturday night, uh, a brilliant card mm. with uh, Liam Paro um, proving himself world class against Brock Jarvis in the main event. Then getting up at um, three thirty in the morning or, or such and getting the flight to Melbourne to call Devin Haney George Cambosis too. Um, so yeah, it was a, that was tricky. And my illustrious co-commentator, Jeff Fennick was, uh, was certainly struggling at a point with his energy <laughs> levels after being in the corner for, for Brock Jarvis, um, and being yeah. disappointed obviously the night before, but, um, thankfully it was a really good main event. Uh, Devin Haney, brilliant and, and George Cambos is so brave. So we got back up, uh, but yeah, it can be a bit tricky, but I, I wouldn't change it for the world. Nothing I'd rather be doing. That's it. I was half expecting to not see you there at that camp. I'm thinking, there's no way. He's just done the match room last night up in Queensland. Surely he's not already on a flight down here. And it started early. Let's be honest, at uh, Rod Laver Arena. Yeah. I'm thinking, you can't be here. And then all of a sudden, there you were. Just, yep, right on time. Mate, what a professional. was there with time to spare as well. Um, so, yeah, it was a, a busy weekend. But if they'd been fighting uh, on the Sunday night as well, I would have turned up and done those. So, yeah, it was it was a big weekend. There were plenty like that. Um, Super Saturday is the obvious one, um, yeah. which was a, a, an exhausting day and, a, and even the weigh-in went for, for hours. Um, but it was, um, yeah, just great. And it's great that we've got promoters and, um, and people within Australian boxing willing to try things and putting on these big shows that so many people want to watch and that I've got the great privilege of calling. And we've spoken about No Limit a, a little bit. Um, and there was obviously just some news um, in the last week or so that they've now um, got the exclusive um, Fox Sports deal. And I wasn't sure how that works. So is that 100% anything on Foxtel is now um, locally done done with the No Limit guys? So all other so, promotions are locked out? Uh, yeah, domestically, um, yep. Main Event and Fox Sports have done a deal with No Limit to be the exclusive mm-hmm. provider of domestic com- of domestic content. So yeah, they gotcha. will be um, they will be the promoter that Fox Sports and Main Event are working with, um, and they've got an exciting start to to next year as well because uh, a couple of international shows back to back that they'll have a role in with their fighters. Tim Zhu, of course, fighting for mm-hmm. all of the belts at um, at Super Welterweight in um, in January, and then straight into Liam Wilson six days later fighting against Emmanuel yeah. Navarrete. Uh, for the uh, super featherweight world title as well, so um, no limits, news. and um, and all of us have got a, a really really busy start to 2023. Absolutely, be interesting to see how that does work out. Obviously, because there's been so many promotions popping up and putting on good cards, and as we said, we got like Tasman. They've had a bit of drama with DNL. I'm not even 100 percent sure what the hell's going on there. Something's gone awry, I think. But you've got Matchroom coming in as well, so I assume that means. They won't be on there either. That's interesting. I'm not sure how that'll play out, but whether or not it's, I don't know. Obviously, it's a good thing because, you know, good work for you and we love No Limits. They do great things for the industry as well, but it's going to be interesting how that uh, affects a lot of the fighters, I guess. 
Yeah, it's it's happened before. Um, DNL or previously Juco events found themselves in an exclusive situation um, previously, um, and now it's no limit who are in that position. Um, yeah, obviously there'll be plenty who who are displeased that they're on the outer uh, domestically. Um, no Limit have done a fantastic job, um, the Rose Brothers, in getting themselves into a position to be seen uh, by a big company like Fox Sports and Main Event uh, as the way forward for boxing in this country. So they get a great opportunity to continue to take the sport forward, um, can understand that those uh, who uh, have missed out, particularly Dean L and, and Dean Lonigan, who previously had a, a really good uh, hold on things there, at Fox Sports and main event would be really disappointed and they've got some good fighters, some outstanding fighters in their stable as well and Justice Hooning and Jaya Pataira and others. So, yeah, it'll be very interesting to see how things play out, but um, we just roll with the punches and and see what happens. They, and, um, I don't, I'm not privy much to the business side of things, but it seems like they've all sort of moved on a little bit, have they? I know Isaac Hardman's now gone to ARC Sports Management and I think uh, Opataya might have signed with... Zen Ginnan, I think maybe Ginnan Sports or something like that. I don't know. I just keep an eye uh, on the socials. A, are they yeah, out? In a management sense. No, 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 they're not out. No, no, they're okay. not out. Um, but, uh, yeah, you're talking more about management. So right. um, Isaac Hardman is managed by ARC, which is um, yep. run by Steve Scanlon, um, which is a, a great step for him because Steve Scanlon's Good a, a, a yeah, fantastic a fella doing a great job. He's um, steering Liam Wilson and uh, Dennis Hogan and others around at the moment. Um, and you mentioned Jai Pattaya. My understanding is that he is still uh, managed by Tasman Fighters. Um, he, he did a, he, he has some arrangement with um, the mob that you just mentioned, um, but mm -hmm. I think that's uh, just a, a, a small part of what he yeah. sort of um, yep. does. Whereas Mick Francis and, and Tasman Fighters continue to um, to manage him and Justice Hooney as well. So uh, and DNL is the promoter of of those fighters currently. Um, and yeah, we'll see how all, all that plays out. But um, a lot of it I'll learn when you guys and everyone else <laughs> yeah. does. I'll just, in our I'll just uh, in our part. short time, mate, in this, uh, you know, we, we cover the the MMA as well. But in boxing, we've we've found it's a heavy political <laughs> uh, area. And if I'm you, I'd be just pleading the fifth as well and just Play playing straight the straight to because you um. But yeah. I, I mean, money talks as well. So I, I mean, I couldn't imagine that if um there was a big fight that had a crossover with a no limit. Um, fighter that Ajaya Pataira, any of those guys wouldn't still get the ability to be on Fox Sports because it's sort of, it. I, I mean, I don't know, but I just figured that money talks, and if it's a money fight, you you make the money fight. Oh yes, certainly. There's always conversations and and arrangements that can be made, and the good thing about um, No Limit and the Rose Brothers is that they are boxing people who do love the sport. Um, and have the best interests of Australian boxing at heart. Um, that's why we've seen such brilliant undercards, in particular through the yeah. No Limit shows. Um, they get um, all of that stuff. So, yeah, you, you, you're right. Yeah. If um, there was something that needed to be done, um, I'm sure that they'd um, be open to discussing doing it. But, uh, yeah, it's a it's an interesting situation, and it is mm. a very political sport. So um, It is, mate. Yeah, I just sort of <laughs> just try and <laughs> sail along. <laughs> Don't read the comments. No, that's it. 100%. That's it. Smart, mate, smart. Well, mate, let's take it back. We had you on, I think, in January, back when we were just pretending to be Australia's hottest podcast. Flash forward now to December. It's actually, we've manifested that sort of stuff. It's real. We are the Australia's hottest podcast currently. 
So we thought it's great to get you back on. Uh, we had a lot of things in the gun early in January for this year, and I think you mentioned it just before, Joel Pattaya and that world title victory. I had it high on my list as the uh, performance of the year, no doubt, for mine throughout the year. So what were your thoughts on that? Obviously calling it at ringside, and what were your thoughts, mate? Just a hell of a performance from that man, and, uh, yeah, he can't get much better. Yeah, it was phenomenal um, to be ringside just watching what was going on with a man's face dangling off and him still continuing to not only outbox his opponent but also to to stand in front of him and trade with him in that final round where it was clear he had some very, very significant damage to his face. He didn't just get on his bike. He took the fight to Myra's Bradis, a big puncher, a man who was trying to defend his world title, the best cruiserweight in the world at that particular time. It was just something that you don't often see in any sport, really, but particularly in a sport where someone's trying to punch you in the face. It was just a crazy night. Um, It was one of those nights, and there haven't been too many of them, but in commentary, um, you just sort of lose your mind. I, I was uh, particularly at the closing bell of the fight, um, was just seeing through time really and saying words. I don't know what they were, but um, it seemed to sort of work itself into some sort of um, uh, comprehensible um, format. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was a, a ridiculous night, really. And Opatire, having been on the journey with him for so very long, he's been someone who... Um, I had the privilege of interviewing um, for the first time, I think, at the 2012 Olympics in London, where he was our youngest ever Olympic boxer, and then have called the majority of his professional fights. And um, just seeing what he's gone through, how hard he's worked, and and having been talked about like he has throughout his whole professional career, to then get into that position, to know within himself that he was going to win the fight, and then to prove to the entire boxing world just how good he is and that he deserved all of the raps that had been coming for him for so long. It was um, it was something very, very special. I, I, yeah, I don't know that I've ever called a, a better fight than that. Unbelievable position for you to be in and still be able to, to bring the, the the right words at the right moments as well. You sometimes, I'm, 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 you must get to your hotel and it just hit you and you sit down and go, what, what have I just seen? You know, because it's all happening and you've probably got adrenaline going too from being so close and feeling it. Like yeah. you said, seeing his face completely hanging off and hanging on and, and you, you must at times just get back to your room and go, oh, my God, I've witnessed something, you know, unbelievable and had the privilege to call it which will be, you know, yeah. played forever, really. That's a fight that will get played through generations and generations. So that must be amazing too. Yeah, it, oh, for sure, yeah. It's a tremendous privilege to be in a position like that for a fight like that, to provide the soundtrack for for something like that, which will be talked about for as long as there is boxing and as long as people are talking, really, um, was, yeah, fantastic. Um, you do get back to the hotel eventually um, after trying to find a beer and and trying to wind down with whoever you can find. And after a night like that, you'll you'll have a beer with just about anyone. But there was a, a fantastic <laughs> mood around after that because it was just something so very special. And, and it had been such a long time coming. So, yeah, it was a, a pinch yourself sort of a thing. It was, um, yeah, it was, uh, I, I think it had, yeah, it had probably be the, the best fight I've ever called, the, the biggest occasion. Um, the only other one that really stands out, um, would be Jeff Horn against Michael Zaraf for two um, yep. for just sheer drama. Um, yep. You know, that moment, the ninth round, the punch from the gods. Um, it was just a, a, a crazy, crazy 
night and events and given everything involved with the two um, fighters and, and you know, Horn was gone again, his face was falling apart and, and then to sit down on that right hand, um, it was, yeah, it was just a... A bizarre and crazy and incredible night but um yeah there's been some really good fights but uh yeah not too many better than what Jai Pataro did against Myris Bratis for 2023 mate I'm gonna I'm gonna put it out there that Fox Sports also get you someone that can just jump in the ring and do the in rings because you had uh, I forget the fellow at the start of the year that put you on the memes with his all his swearing he was talking absolute <laughs> guttural and you were, you had to stand oh, there and do it. That's it, that's it. and then yep. in this one, you've got a man with a broken jaw, but you're told by your bosses you've got to get a word off him because he's just won a world. <laughs> and, the, you know, you, the position you get put in at times, whilst it's envious, there's also times where I go, I, I don't want to be him because you, you can tell your body language is like, I don't really think this is the right thing to do, or but you've got to do it because that's what you're paid Well, to that one was funny. Like, um, I got in I got in the ring and I – you know, you don't have much time. I can't really communicate yeah. with the the truck that's out the back with producers and that. Um, really, between throwing to the ring announcer and then getting in the ring, so we couldn't have a discussion as to whether we were going to do it or not. And I thought, well, he's just won a world title. You've got to you've got to give him the chance. Look, I don't think he's going to be able to speak <laughs> because he's gave he's, it a crack. His face yeah. really is hanging off. Um, yeah. But I'll, I'll get in there, and I sort of said to to him and to his team, um, I was like, and I know Jai very well, and, and he moved towards me because he knows that's what happens after the fight. So I was like, well, if he's going to come over here, I'm going to ask him for something. <laughs> yeah. So I did, and then he just, I don't know what, I don't know what he said, but it was almost better. Um, was. I thought it was I better. It was, like, it, it was great. Yeah. It showed the and world that, like, for- I legit cannot speak. This is how <laughs> tough I am. I can't even form yeah. a single word. And it had the rocky connotations the with rock, Adrian yeah. and all. Like it was, um, I, I think he was trying to say, I, I spoke with him. We did a piece um, <clears throat> once he'd recovered to the extent that he could yeah. probably talk, which was quite mm. a while. But um, we did a piece where we rewatched the fight together, um, sitting in a studio at Fox Sports. And and um, he said that he was trying to um, make a reference to his nan who'd passed away in um, the weeks before the fight, and mm-hmm. he was trying to say yep. that he loved her. That, so that, so you know, there's so many layers to what mm. transpired there, and it was, um, yeah, it was an unforgettable moment. Some people, I, I think, would would have bagged me for for trying to get a word out of a man nah, who's got a, got a badly try. broken jaw, but um, he would have wanted. Felt it. like, yeah, you you had to have a crack. Um, it was, almost, yeah, it was a crazy, crazy night. Almost took it for granted ourselves. We had him back on the pod. I think maybe maybe seven, eight weeks after that fight. And I hadn't even given it a second thought. I'm thinking, oh, surely he's like kind of recovered. And he mentioned in that pod, he still wasn't even eating solids at this point. And I'm no. like, holy shit, man. It's been I so think he's long. only he been eating solids for a few weeks, um, for, like, for maybe a month. Um, wow. So, so yeah, he had two um, plates inserted. There was an issue with um, a part of what had happened and they thought he might have to have more surgery. And uh, thankfully, he, he's, um, he seems all well and good now and he's, you know, getting back towards um, being able to get punched in the face again, which is, uh, which is what he wants to do. <laughs> and, and the other thing about that night, of course, is we had uh, Jeff Horn in, um, in there with us um, and it was five years to the day since he had done the implausible against Manny Pacquiao. Yeah. So, um, yep. yeah, just uh, just fantastic bit of bit of synergy around all that as well. And obviously, 
it was a massive year this year and a, many a performances. So it would take five years to actually go through all of them. But another one that probably stands out is a man that you've probably caught a lot of as well in Dennis Hogan and, and him finally capturing a world title. That that was pretty special um, for him and his and his family and, and everyone involved because it's been a long journey as well. Oh, yeah. Um, I did an interview with him a couple of weeks before that fight and he broke down and, and, and did shed a couple of tears just about what it would mean to him uh, if he were able to get that belt after challenging for it uh, or challenging for different belts on so many occasions, getting robbed blind against Jaime mm-hmm. Munguia in, in Mexico as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it happened. Uh, he went in a big underdog against Sam Eggington but thoroughly outboxed him. Um, as we discussed in commentary, um, Eggington and his team, well, well, Eggington himself really, um, made a mistake. They didn't watch Dennis Hogan. Um, they thought, oh, Eggington will do what he does. He'll brawl. But um, Hogan, he did what he does, and that's spoil and confuse you and annoy you. And, um, yeah, it just meant so much to him. It's uh, an IBO belt, of course. Uh, It's not one of the big four belts, but it is uh, everything to someone like Hogan who's been the hard road for so long. So that was a really special night. And, um, yeah, just great to see someone uh, achieve what they've set out to achieve um, after falling time and time again at the final hurdle. It was um, it was a really nice night. When when we had him on, he mentioned that he didn't want to be that guy at the pub, you know, the, the angry ex-boxer that tells the old stories that I nearly won a title, you know, like, and then you get the young bloke gob off and, you know, he just said it just he, – he's seen that in the movies enough. He, he didn't want to play that character. He just wanted to win – a title, you know, for for his kids and and all that. So when he when he does go to the pub in an older age, he does actually have that story to tell. So it was quite um, mm. it was nice to hear him because it, it's so true, isn't it? Some people just get to that point, just can't get it done, and then it's just a story as as they get older that just becomes a, a thing that they tell in, in a pub or a family setting. Yeah. So it was amazing that he finally got to at least fulfil his dream. Yeah, and I think that if you um, sort of were best known for being robbed, um, it would be impossible not to have some sort of bitterness that would carry through your post-boxing life. So um, for him, he's got that belt. He can almost put Mexico behind him, even though, you know, he should have that legitimate um, world title, but but he's got a belt that means so much to him and and he can just sort of leave um, Mm. all the rest of it behind. And shout out to uh, his management, as we mentioned before, Stevie Scanlon and the art guys had a bit of back and forth with Steve before that fight. He was very nervous about the fight and hoping uh, Dennis would get the job done. I said, listen, mate, relax. It's the luck of the pod. We had Jaya Pataira on a few weeks before. He got the world title. I said, don't worry about it. The pod will get him through. And that's what happened, mate. It's a world champ factory here on the pod. So we'll take a little bit of credit for that, I reckon. Yeah. Did you have um, Ebony Bridges and Shanika Johnson on before their world title wins? No, uh, we tried to get Ebony on, and she uh, she just doesn't really seem to respect the idea. Which is she strange. brushed us. She brushed us. Yeah, so. she brushed us. We, we well, had shots in her defense, on, so, you know, so we, yeah, we had yeah. the other part. So we, we thought yeah. we could have got it done, mate, but we saw you had Ebony on. So she, she, she's a, she, uh, she obviously does do them. Well, she does just about every podcast in the world, so I don't know. Um, I don't know how how you've fallen so far back. She is a self promotion oh, really? machine to do what she she's is. done yeah. to make herself a mainstream star in another country. Um, she she's has done just amazing. done phenomenal things. Yeah, she's yeah, had a, yeah. a huge uh, year as well to win 
um, a world title, of course, um, which she did on a big day for Australian boxing, yeah. the same day that uh, Tim Zoo made his American debut. She beat Maria Cecilia Roman, um, who was the longest reigning champion in the division. Um, and did so in a, a fantastic a good performance fight, yeah. as well over there did in well. Leeds and then defended her title against Shannon O'Connell in the biggest all-Australian female fight we've ever seen, and she was just brilliant. Went to another level yet again, Ebony. So, yeah, she's um, one of the true stars of 2022 and one of the true stars of Australian boxing. She definitely proves the critics wrong. All these people that want to say it's just because she does this and that, the weigh-ins and this. And, no, she definitely can box, backs it all up. No doubt about oh. that. So hopefully in 2023, we get her on as a friend of the pod. And, uh, yeah, more than happy to have her on. I am. She's battling if you can't get Ebony on. Like, she well, is, no, she is so we'll excessive. Tell you, we'll tell you off air, mate. We'll, we, we, okay. we also, we'll tell you. There's a little piece there, but we'll tell you off air. But uh, we, we oh, want right. her on in 2023. I will say, okay. watching um, her fight shotgun, uh, the way she used her, her body, I felt like it was – Obviously, it's two women. It's not Tyson Fury, but the way Tyson Fury wears his opponents down with just the sheer leaning on them, I felt that she used her weight um, well against uh, Shannon, sort of gassing her and walking forward consistently, which I don't know has always happened um, to you know in O'Connell's fight. So the way she did that, I, I thought was re- showed a really um, bit of you know high IQ in in what what she needs to do to win fights, and and the way she walks forward, she's tough as nails too. So getting hit with that right early on and obviously wobbled. It didn't didn't stop her. And I think her the way they went about that fight was really um, – you could tell that she's come a long way um, even since the start of the year, the way she goes about Oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, she's improved so much over the last um, year or two. And a lot of that comes down to the sacrifices she's made. Like she placed herself over there in the UK, getting the best possible training and sparring and, and working so hard. And, yeah, the last couple of fights, she's just gone to completely new levels. She's got power and she can box, but um, she's a brawler. She's so tough, as we already knew, after the um, the Shannon Courtney fight and and others. But um, she is she's truly world class. And there's every chance that in 2023 she, you know, Fires to the division and perhaps um, shoots it undisputed. So um, yeah, she's yeah, uh, she's in sure. a great spot. Absolutely, she's in. Look, we won't go through everything because it would take, as you said, hours and hours. But would be remiss to not mention the two massive fights we had here: Cambosis versus Haney, both here in Melbourne, mate. Great fights, both of them. George Cambosis proving he's he's got the heart of a lion, mate. But just come up short against a really, really, really good boxer in Devin Haney. No shame in that. What are your thoughts on that? And where do you reckon George goes from here? Yeah, well, Devin Haney um, is one of the best boxers in the world from the last 12 oh, yeah. months. Um, Dimitri Bivol probably um, the the the, the fighter of the year for 2022 because of what he did against Canelo and um, Ramirez as well. But um, Haney wouldn't be too far behind he'd be sort of um you know uh, in in that second bracket so to fall short against him twice um is absolutely no shame the first fight was um uh not the um spectacle in the ring that that everyone wanted but the second fight was the brilliance uh, of Haney against the bravery of Cambosis so um it was sort of more what we expected um Haney is is just fantastic and uh he he was he was dominant, and um, he will continue to be dominant while well placed. Uh, there's some exciting things happening for him. It'd be great to see him against Lomachenko um, mm. for Cambosis. Um, I know that there was some talk uh, about the Shakur Stevenson fight, but they've um, decided not to to go that oh, way. Yeah. Um, yeah. But as a former unified. Um, champion of the world he will get um other big fights there's no doubt about that um and probably the one that 
um, a lot of people would like to see is for him to get in there against TFMO Lopez again in a rematch. Uh, Lopez has gone up in weight. Um, I know Cambosis um, seems to be quite um, comfortable at uh, lightweight, but um, whether um, there was enough of an offer and uh, enough for interest for him and his team to to head up in weight and and have that rematch, um, that would be um, that would certainly be one that would attract a lot of interest. But there's um, there's so many great fights; it's it's an utterly stacked division, isn't it? Um, at lightweight, yeah. and we're probably going to see Ryan Garcia and Javonta Davis. Um, but yep. outside of those, there's there's so many more, and we've already mentioned, of course, um, Haney and uh, Lomachenko, and, and and now Stevenson's in the division as well, and there's Isak Cruz, and and, and so many others that. Um, would be would be uh, you know an interesting fight for him and and even at the weekend we saw more lightweights um, emerging. It's it's a consistent. You almost need to have a full time job just to keep track of everyone that's coming up and what everyone's doing, especially at those sort of weight ranges because it's just amazing the talent and the the depth of it. I mean the the year of boxing in this country probably didn't even need those two fights to to be a successful year, and then you get the cream on the top of world class events, obviously. Uh, we went to both. The Eddie had one was the bigger spectacle, but probably was uh, was a, a like you said, a bit not not what everyone was hoping, and especially from the mutuals that come you know in Melbourne to like a big event. They're not really the the boxing um, diehards. They they sort of want something big to be able to tell their grandkids about. But then the smaller event at Rod Laver was as as world class put on and great card undercard, and and then the the fight it, he showed tremendous. Um, heart and ability to stay in it um, to the last round and obviously got outpointed. But, I mean, he's gone um, 24 rounds with probably a, a Hall of Famer when he's all said and done and, and hasn't uh, done anything other than help the sport of boxing again on the world stage, which is unbelievable. And all the young fighters coming through will be thanking him, I'm sure, in uh, years to come because that was a, a fast-track sort of world-class um, two events for, for this country, I, I feel. Yeah, and he's earned some really good money over the last year as well. So he's in a great position. And, um, yeah, big offers will continue to come for him because he's a former world champion. So um, whatever he decides to do, he's going to be in a in a good position, George Cambosis. And you mentioned Lopez there, and we've seen he's um, he's had, I think, two fights now since and hasn't quite looked himself. Is that, in your experience, sometimes a case of a boxer that's getting told a lot from his camp and being built up on a pedestal and a pedestal and then he finally gets knocked off it, that it, it really is a mental um, shock and sometimes very hard to come back. And we've seen it in previous um, time, time and time again, when someone has a loss, when they're probably told they're not going to, they, they don't deal with it all that well. Do you think he'll get back to where he sort of was pre-Cambosis or do you feel that maybe the, he sort of hasn't come back to his true self just yet? Yeah, clearly he's someone who does struggle with the mental side of boxing and potentially of life as well. He um, he does find himself um, in difficult positions emotionally. You can you can tell. Um, mm. Probably wasn't himself well in in, a, in several of his more recent fights. Um, whether he was himself uh, against Cambosis, we'll never know. But um, and I thought he was decent in his um, in his debut at, at super lightweight. But then obviously um, was a bit flat against Santos Martin. But um, I don't know if that was a great opponent for him. A very awkward, um, slick moving, defensive style of a boxer. Probably not really what he needed at this stage. And it was a yeah. A late-ish replacement, but but probably not the the right fight for him. Um, I know he was left questioning in the ring afterwards whether he still got it. Um, I guess we'll just have to 
have to wait and see because um, he will be offered big fights. Um, there'll be a lot of interest in putting him in with um, with Josh Taylor at, at some point, given they are both uh, very big names on different sides of the world. So, um, yeah, he's he, he's still a, a draw. He's still a headline act. Um, top rank um, and ESPN clearly still investing in him to put him on such a big stage, on such a big card, on on such a big day as they did against Sandal Martin. But um, his performances will need to improve. And I, I think that probably does start with with his head and um, the people he has around him. Um, yeah, we, we've, we've seen issues in his um, in his corner work previously. And, and I think those issues uh, seem to continue. But um, yeah, it, it'd be fascinating if we could see um, Cambosis and and Lopez another time now that they've um, sort of moved along from from that first fight. It'll be a great fight to see, definitely, mate. We could spend we could spend all night chatting boxing with you, but we won't keep you all night at all. But uh, just looking forward to twenty twenty three now. Just give us one or two fights that you reckon you're most looking forward to, and what you think might be the uh, the most exciting fights we could all look forward to next year. Yeah, well, I think we don't have to wait very long for for two of the most exciting fights that we're going to see because we've got Tim uh, Zhu yeah. fighting for all of the belts yeah. against Jamal Charlo. Cannot yes. wait to get yeah, um, ringside and call the fights in Vegas. Mm. Um, and then straight off the back of that, Liam Wilson is fighting for a vacant world title against uh, Navarrete. So, um, yeah, it's going to be uh, going to be a very very exciting twenty twenty three. Those two fights are, are, are done. So. That's um that's fantastic and um yeah really looking forward to seeing if Tim can continue to improve and and test Charlo because um he does need to go to another level after what we saw in his most recent fight against the very classy Terrell Gachet. he was dropped uh, early in that fight uh, probably didn't move his head uh, as much as he should have and tried to just walk through shots I don't think he'll be doing that against um, Charlo. And uh, if he does, he'll be punished for it. But um, he does need to improve. But the thing is, Tim Zhu has improved so much, pretty much in every fight we've seen over the last five or six years. So he has that improvement in him and he goes into that fight with a red-hot chance. And a victory there would be um, potentially the biggest by an Australian boxer ever. We sort of have Lionel Rose against fighting Harada right at the very top of the tree um, in terms of uh, Australian uh, boxing victories, but um, you'd put Tim Zhu winning all of the belts uh, against the undisputed champion, Jamel Charlo, um, right on a on a list with that if it um, if it were to go down. And then Wilson, after the, the year or two that he's had, um, he was one of the stars of 2022. He fought twice against two um, yeah. world-ranked boxers. The first of them was a legendary performance against Joe Noine after having Absolutely. been stopped by him in 2021. Um, then he took the rematch immediately. Uh, Noine came in crazily over the weight and and yeah. Wilson just said, don't worry about it, we'll fight anyway. And then he produced the left hook from hell and and stopped him in in the second round. It was um, a phenomenal performance and and then he backed it up as well against um, a very tough Argentinian on his way to towards a world title shot. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a tough fight as well. Navarrete, uh, obviously, is class, but... Um, you'd rather get him at his first time at the weight, which Wilson will be doing, than when he's settled in there. And, um, yeah, there are, um, you know, he's a big puncher, obviously, and he and he's um, ungainly and he's awkward and he's tough and the shots come from everywhere with Navarrete. But um, I was speaking with Jeff Fennick about the fight and and he gives Wilson a, a really, really strong chance. He thinks he's going to win and um, I, I'm inclined to agree with him and I'd love to see it because Liam Wilson's a, a lovely fella. He's been on a journey and if he were to win a world title, um, his life changes and he deserves it.
Absolutely right. You talked us there a bit earlier about big punches and KO of the year this year. We've we sort of we're big big fans of uh, the head splitter, as you know, from when we first had you on. And I mean that that will go down as one of the, the great knockouts of all time. But the the Lee Wood versus Filthy. Michael Conlon, I thought was oh, yeah. on on that stage. You know, and the way you put him into the stand. I don't know what you think and what your thoughts are for the year, but those those two stood out to me. Yeah, well, domestically, I don't think I've ever seen a bigger knockout than Hardman uh, against Bo Hartas. I don't, I don't think I've ever, I've certainly never, I've never called a, a knockout where I was immediately, you know, I, 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 in commentary, my, <laughs> it's funny the words that come to you in a moment, like that, and I said, oh, that's too big. Like, <laughs> like, I, the, <laughs> I couldn't be more spot on. That was too, that's too big. It was Stop like, it. Oh, and and, and oh, he went down, and you were like, oh, straight away it went from this is a huge moment, a big knockout, to oh, this is not good. Um, yeah, yeah. This is not I was good. immediately very, very concerned. But um, thankfully, Bo Hart says all good. Um, mm-hmm. Message with him the next yeah. day. I don't think he even went to hospital. Um, he is that tough a dude. He just waved them oh. away, said, no, I'll be sweet. But, um, yeah, they Two really good blokes, and and you are obviously yeah. fans of um, of Isaac, yeah. but but Bo's a fantastic bloke as well, um, and they've got a lot in common. So they were really friendly in the build up, and then he just uh, produced that right hand, which was like for anyone out there that before. doesn't know Bo Hartis too much, you probably have seen the viral video that went around the uh, Facebook a few years back of him sculling about seven straight beers in about three minutes. Have you seen that? Yeah, I oh, saw that. Yeah. yeah, I saw that. I remember seeing that oh, back when it actually came out and then not knowing who it was. And then when this fight came yeah. around, I was like, holy shit, it's that guy that just drank a billion beers. Yeah, he calls himself the mama's boy as well. Uh, but, he, yeah, it was – oh, that was – it was sickening. But I, I think – I really do think that's the biggest oh, – there's probably something else. But but I think that's the biggest um, knockout ever in Australian boxing. I, I don't I don't I know get that another on one. You should get a shirt made up with all the back print on the back. That's, That's too, too big, big, Ben Damon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, and then you mentioned um, Lee Wood and Michael Conlon. I, I think that's the international fight of the year. Um, yeah. it, it's right up there as the um, as the knockout of the year as well, just because of the manner in which it happens. Mm. Um, Conlon was was dominant through the first half of that fight and then Wood, uh, the champion, he, he fought back and he was still down going into the final round, but he did drop Conlon in round 11 and then he sent him through the ropes um, <laughs> unconscious uh, in the final round to, to to win the fight. I've never seen anything like it. It was it was an incredible fight, just an amazing fight. Um, probably the, the fight of the year in international boxing, but um, knockout of the year internationally, um, the, the Caleb Plant knockout yeah. of um, of Anthony Durrell was was crazy as well. It had some of these uh, some of those Isaac Hardman Bo Hartas connotations to it. He was yeah, just it cold as soon as he hit him. Yeah. And um, the other part of that was yeah. that. I have dealt with Anthony Durrell extensively when he was um, fighting his two fights against Sakio Bicker, and he's a piece of shit. So, um, you know, it, <laughs> right. it, 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 it wasn't a problem to see him uh, hit like that. You don't want to see anyone hurt, but um, if no. it's ever going to uh, happen to anyone, then then he had it coming because uh, he was not at all respectful to the great Sakio Bicker wow. through the lead up to their two fights. So, and we know um, your we know your love and respect as everyone has for him. So you, you yes. especially after all the work you've done with him, probably would take a a, a main a major offence to any sort of disrespect to uh, the great. <laughs> he, 
Yes, no doubt at all. Yeah. So, um, yeah, those were those were some really, really good knockouts through a, a huge year. There's a couple of others, though. Like, um, we've, we've mentioned the um, the Melbourne shows. Lucas Brown uh, against yeah. Jimmy Farb. It's Surprising right up there for upset yet. of the yeah. year and knockout of the year. Um, I had money and... on that at 11 to 1 for a knockout oh, win, yeah, because I just thought Fantastic. everything I had in my multi that day was just a layup, and I thought, you know what, he's a – He's a, a a big man that can punch, and if he hits him, he'll go down. And it, it actually yeah. happened. And that was really the only one that got up. So you can't bet at times because <laughs> the eleven to one gets up, and the dollar fifty loses. So, but that yeah, was incredible the way he did that. And he's little. Crazy. He's had a little sort of midlife crisis with what's as in not the man himself, but he's what he's done. He's sort of he was on the bit of the skids and looked like it when he was losing. Um, and we we spoke to him about it on this pod when um, Jeff was not overly uh, complimentary about the way he was going about his fight. I forget, I've just forgotten the, the fella's name and then end up knocking him out. And then from there, he sort of, he's gone on a, another little mini run and was obviously hoping yeah. to fight and over the weekend over there in Dubai and that got cancelled. So I'm not sure what's next for the big fella, but he was definitely uh, in, in the, in, contention for a big knockout of the year that's for sure yeah Django Opalu was the fight where he didn't that's really right. do anything for a while and then he knocked him out um <laughs> then uh then that incredible knockout against Junior Farr who um you know it's uh, it, it was just a devastating loss for Farr at the point of his career that he was at and you mentioned um they were all in Dubai the weekend well uh, Jeff and I were meant to go over and call those fights but uh wow. we didn't even get on the plane before things started oh, to fall lucky. over so um yeah it seemed like a bit of a mess, but um, uh, Lucas Brown against, uh, against Char um, yeah. could happen maybe in Australia um, at some stage in 2023. Well, that's the plan that's being put in place. So, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see Jeff, how uh, that plays out. Jeff's uh, summary of that fight with uh, Lucas Brown. Oh, it's the seventh, seventh round. Benny's uh, throwing, a, throwing a punch. Good on him. Good on Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, I love the way he's so honest, you know, brutally honest. Yeah. It's just yeah, great. Yeah. That's why you two work well together because he's sort of just that real sort of, he'll, you know, not not as, you know, I guess uh, well-rounded in how he says <laughs> things. I'm trying to be polite, and, you know, but then you're yeah. a bit more polished. So it's a good, it's a great sort of dynamic, the two of you. I, I really enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. No, well, he is who he is, you know, so he Correct. can say whatever he likes. Um, but, yeah, you've at times you, you do have to just pull him back a little bit or, you know, try and make things a bit more positive if they're not going that way. But, um, yeah, I think people like hearing the honesty. Um, and, yeah, it's it's great to have a, a legend like that as part of the, the commentary and, and to sit alongside you as well. And, um, yeah, he was there for the other one I was going to mention was Reynold Quinlan. Um, I think oh. that's the upset of the year against Jack Bowen. Reynold Mark Quinlan, Leonard. a journeyman, you know. Yeah. Uh, he about lost that. nine of his last 11, and oh. uh, Jack Bowen was 7-0 and with seven KOs. So, um, yeah, that was He'll be one back. of the bigger upsets we've seen. In, in Yeah, he, he certainly will, and he's a good fella, and he's very talented, but um, Quinlan yeah. just, yeah, he yeah, just that found it that upset. night, and it was it was he's crazy. Yeah, big man. Massive upset. It's hard. Just mentioning yeah. that Dubai event got cancelled. That Dubai. Mm. I just want to give a quick shout out. Another friend of the pod there, uh, Showtime Fleming. He's had a bit of a rough trot of late. A couple of his fights yeah. now are getting called off. You just can't over. quite get back yeah. in there. It sucks for him. I want to talk fights of the year and uh, domestically, his fight against Jackson England. That was a fucking banger. That's right up. Yeah, there it was a great fight. He's in Australia as well. So, quick shout out to him 100%. as well. 
Yeah, yeah, it's right up there. Yeah, Paul Fleming's had two fights, uh, Bilal Dib and 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 then yeah. this um, Ziani fight fall over back to back. Hopefully for him as well as Lucas and others, that card does get put back together in Australia because um, yeah, he was really well placed to to shoot up into really strong positions across the board yep. in the rankings with a with a victory over there. Um, yeah, some of the others that that spring to mind if if you're talking fight of the year, obviously Jai Bataro and Myris Bradis is, is is the one, but um, yeah. uh, Connor Wallace and Letty Letty in their rematch. Uh, really good fight on a, a Tasman fighter show in Brisbane. Um, both of them went down a, a, at points and um, Connor won the fight. And then the really surprising one was probably um, uh, Chanel Dargan and Ashley Sims, the, the female fight on one of our cards at the Horton Pavilion when they um, just went nuts for, for four two-minute rounds yeah. and surprised everyone. Swinging. It was it was yeah. crazy. So, um, yeah, that, those were the prominent ones. Hooney and Latelli was a good fight. There were plenty of plenty of other really good fights as well. 100%, mate. Well, it's going to be another big year. It's going to be many, many, many good fights, and we can't wait to have you back on next year at some point to talk all about it, mate. But it's been an honour to have you on again. We love chatting to you. Thanks heaps for coming back on, mate. It's been a pleasure. Our pleasure. Yeah, thanks for no. having me. Uh, good to chat, and um, yeah, congratulations on everything you've done um, this year. And I believe big things are around the corner in twenty twenty three. So um, hey, we'll yeah, get you all on the best. For sure, with, you'll be a big part of that with all of that. Well, I appreciate that, and we do, mate. And like, we've got so much that we could continue to talk, but you're very generous, and we've uh, we've probably taken up enough. So we'll keep a bit of juice for maybe uh, in the new year when we when as you said, big things are coming for us, and when we uh, when we're on that platform as well, we might. Uh, uh, get you back on if if you're willing, and we just, yeah, we, we're thankful for your time, and can't wait for another big year and watch you, uh, you know, bring us the uh, the great fights with the the beautiful dulcet sounds, mate. So appreciate it. No, absolute pleasure. We've we've talked about so many great things that happened in 2022, but we haven't even mentioned um, Nikita Zhu. We haven't mentioned Ben Horn, who was in <laughs> two um, so fight of the year contenders. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Sky Nicholson, who had That's five it. fights in, um, in in multiple countries, or, you know, Paul Okuso and um, all these guys. Yeah, there's just uh, there's so much going on. It's, it's been a, <laughs> a phenomenal year. We and need um, five yeah, We really would. 2023 is going to be um, is going to be even better. We're in the the golden era of Australian boxing, so it's uh, it's extremely exciting. And um, yeah, whatever you end up doing um, with all of the exciting things happening next year, I'm uh, more than happy to be a part of it, gentlemen. Good on you, mate. Thank you. Love it, mate. Thank you very much, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Cheers. We're all someone's daughter. Mako Shark, we pump up, we pump up, we talk up, we talk up, we stiff up, we stiff up, we go under the desk. That's how firm and excited we get with the guests upon guests upon guests. But that man, I tell you, and we had him on a better recording platform this time. That was as well done, as well sounded, and as well brought to you as anyone's ever done. I actually think he would have walked away and gone, geez, that was a ripping chat with those two men. I think he likes us a lot, Mako Shark. I tell you, we said it going in, encyclopedia. This guy's potting names. Like, blokes are just sort of, even fringy boys, fringy women, he just knows, right? He knows what's going on in this sport better than, I reckon, anyone in Australia and even globally. This man has got a, 
an absolute fucking and a little hint of comedy in there too. I like when he gets a bit sort of who he gets risky a bit risky boy, and yeah. risque. Yeah, I like it. I like it shows he's got a a very serious side, but he's also a, a human. So I enjoyed that he brought a bit of controversy with some of those comments, Mako Shack. Now, what did you think of it? Please tell me. Well, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed every minute of it. As you said, he is an absolute – he's a sponge. He's a knowledge sponge for the sport of boxing. Is it just – that that bonce of his is just full. It's full of boxing. It's full of knowledge. It's kind of like what I could probably have if I just didn't spend my whole life just just cramming Seinfeld and Kirby enthusiasm into my brain. It's just all I've got. If it was a Seinfeld pod, I could probably produce Ben Damon quality stats myself. But, mate, he is a boxing doyen. He's a guru. Uh, he's a few other words. He's a connoisseur. There's many other words I could use, but I love it. I was happy to have him on. I can't wait to get him back on next year, whether it be on the pod or on the radio show going nationally. Ooh, yeah, he'll be on there. Them's Ooh, fighting words. He's going to come on. And he's going to be a great man to have on because he's just he's just great. I reckon we got a new nickname for him. Mm-hmm. $13, punnet of ice cream. Explain it. What the fuck have you Connoisse- said? Connoisse- Am I missing Connoisseur. Ah. The connoisseur, he is, he is. He's the, the connoisseur. The thirteen dollar punnet, the punnet, mate. He's the punnet. That's a fight. If you get that lesson, sub thirteens. No, nah, I don't buy it unless it's special, mate. The cookies and cream connoisseur is an absolute goat. There's no point looking any further. I reckon it's a fucking, it's a demon of an ice cream. <laughs> it is a demon of an ice cream. Now make it, make it. I don't know why I'm calling you making because it's Mako Shark on this program. I'll tell you what is a goat. You said goat. I'll tell you what is a demon. And it is this next segment. I have pumped this segment up now. This would be my 61st pump up. I can't remember if we did them in week one or if it was an addition. No, maybe we did. Uh, week three. Or so. so we've done it now 61 no, it times. One, I, 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 it was Seinfeld related, as I just mentioned. I potted Netflix, yep. episode one. I remember. You did. Episode one. All right. I should have been listening to my co-host and what he was saying and not worried about my VB. But I will say to you, you mentioned the words goat. You mentioned the words demon. You mentioned the words greatness, Mako Shark. Leading into this segment now, this is the 61st time I am bringing to you my favourite segment, your favourite segment, the listener's favourite segment, Making Shark. This is like nothing else. Now, I don't know if you remember the uh, late 80s, 90s, Southern Stand, Merv doing his, you know, he's doing that one, Merv and all the crowd. I tell you, I've noticed oh, yeah. being out with you recently on a few social functions, people are walking behind you with the, they're doing the dorsal thing, Mako Shark. There's a public dorsal as you are going past, a wave on Swan Street. It's the dorsal because I tell you, this segment is now in every person's tongue it's on the tip of their tongues mako it's it's what do they call it the water cooler chat it's the lunchroom chat it's the receptionist chat i tell you mako shark this segment is like none other it's my favorite segment as i've said it's your favorite segment it's the listener's favorite segment for the 61st time it's the mako shark tank certainly is the Mako Shark Tank and it's episode 61 and it's Christmas so this is obviously going to be a Christmas tinged Shark Tank Matthew and I tell you what I have had it up to here with these couples that go down and grab a fucking photo with Santa while wearing matching outfits Matthew I can't cop it you fucking absolute <laughs> schmucks you schmohawks you fucking skin bags you suck frogs you cock smokers you dickheads if you are a bloke and a missus and you go down to the fucking shopping centre dressed in matching pyjamas, Matthew, and sit down with Santa and take a photo, slap yourself in the face, look at yourself in the mirror and just promise yourself to do better next year. I can't mm-hmm. cop it, Matty. I'm sorry. I can't cop it. Just don't do it. Just be better. Uh, now, is it, do it. So I've got, I've, got a, I've got a silly Christmas uh, shirt. 
Well, I've got a silly Christmas shirt do that. and a pair of shorts that I might run on Christmas Day. Are you, am I all right to do that that's or fine. is it just the Santa portion? No, that's fine. No tank for that. I'm telling you, these blokes, you see them. They're dead behind the eyes. You know it's not their idea. No bloke has come up with this. Like, they're wearing like the red Christmassy like pajamas, the 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 fucking shirt and the yeah, little pants, okay. and it's all Christmassy and red. And then the missus has got the same thing on. And some of them don't even have a kid, Matthew. Some of them fucking wheel their dog down there or they're fucking this. That's just ridiculous. I've seen it, and I just don't want to be a part of it. And I think it's well, a worthy tank. No, absolutely. And I, I had a couple of other, but I'd like to just give a special mention to the, the woke community now that are saying Santa can't be fat. He needs to be skinny. Oh, stop, stop don't it. ruin Christmas. Santa's a big fat don't man. Don't ruin everything. With a big, don't ruin everything for everyone, right? Don't make him skinny. He make him fucking, fat. He has about three and a half billion cookies and about 4,000 million fucking glasses of milk. He's going to put on a few kegs. He is, and I'm sure it's already happened, but they're going to go down the path of, what about Mrs. Claus? I'm, I'm certain of it. Have they gone down that path yet? No. What's she fucking do anyway? Puts the feet right up. Where's she? <laughs> well, she could just take half the planet, she's not she? She's not been in the story from day one, and now they, now they want to feature her after Santa's Mrs. had all the... Mrs. Claus, the, the, she's been absolutely <laughs> living off this bloke's reputation now for, for eons. Mate. Mrs. Claus can get in the bin, I reckon. She's been sitting back having Chardonnay with Betty and fucking Alfs, right, while Santa's what, out Mrs. in the freezing Claus. cold. I reckon Mrs. Claus she is better, stepping out on Santa. She better – I'm not going to say I'll probably get cancelled, but she better suck. She better really Whoa, give Santa the business, mama. I reckon, because otherwise, yes. what are you doing? Oh, baby. Come on. I, I, I agree. Fucking now, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff around Christmas, Mako Shark, where you see the cousins for the first time in a year – Hey, hey, so what have you been up to? Yeah, no, nah, work, mate. Yeah, how's work? Yeah, no, nah. yeah, nah, yeah. And it's just like bullshit conversation that you have to have because they're your family, right? And and they, they, yes, in theory, they're your family, but are they really your family? Like, just because, no, is mate. it? So, like, and do they want to be there as much as you sometimes more? But I'm pretty lucky. I've got like ones that I can see once or twice a year, and it's you have a beer, and they're actually pretty good. But then there's some that you just like. Get me out of this conversation. No, I pity that, mate. I, I'm glad my family's a little bit sort of, I don't know. They're, my family's a bit strange, Matthew. I don't even know half my family. It's very. Uh, it's not very big. It's not very close. It's not very close-knit. So I go to all these functions. Right. I don't even have a cousin there. No cousins involved. I haven't even seen a cousin in over a decade. I've, I, well, there's some it. cousins and aunties out there. I don't even know who they are. I went to my dad's 90th a few weeks back, as we talked about, I think. Mm. And I'm like... Telling fucking Mrs. Mako, I'm going, I think that's that old lady over there. I think that might be my auntie, but I'm not 100% sure. She thought I was taking the piss. I'm like, no, I'm being fucking fair dinkum here. I actually don't know. I think that's my dad's sister, but I'm not really sure. Uh, uh, imagine I just didn't, like, Bro- I went, like, Leo went to a family function and didn't know that Brooksy was his uncle. <laughs> I'm it's telling madness. you, and my mum's side, we don't even do it. There's just none. I don't see my cousins and my auntie, uncle, and that they don't. There's no Christmas with them. It's, so I don't know. I think it's quite great, but other people might find it strange. But I think it's fantastic. Don't have to put up with those crap convos. I tell you, and it's very much Christmas season. We the work, I, I clip work parties when I when I went a few weeks ago. But Mako Shark this week, driving past the fucking precinct in Richmond at about four thirty to come home, there is people spilling out polaxed. I will, I will do a, a community warning for anyone that's planning on going out in the town tomorrow night. It is tradie Christmas party oh breakup. That is the one night to not go out. It's, uh, Great it's night a shocker. To be a, uh, 
yeah. ST Ripper, they'll be having their, their pockets will be full. Those trays full. will be throwing full to the brim. 50s, just throwing them around. Pineapples just flying, I would have thought. There'll be 13 and a half broken jaws tomorrow night across Melbourne. That, that is, And you break your jaw on Christmas. It's uh, it's absolutely unbelievably stupid, Mako Shark. But what isn't actually, what is stupid is our Perth UFC, Perth. The Perth update is stupid this week because it's an angry one. I'm angry. What about you? And what am I talking about? And please tell the listeners why I'm angry and please do the good little can I um I'm just gonna butt in for one second before the Perth update. I want to shout out. We lost oh. a family member of the Who the Fuck family this oh, week, Matthew. Yes. Should have lived with him out. No, nah, that's fine. I don't want to bring the pod down. I don't want to make it somber. I don't want to make it about myself. I don't want to cry on air. Your, Matthew, no, but... it's your podcast. You can make it all about you. We could do a Absolutely. whole episode. I want to give him a shout out, but uh we lost a family member. It's my little son, my boy. His name was the boy, Matthew. You knew him. My cat, our cat, yes. my beloved cat. Of 10 years, yep. the boy passed away yes. suddenly on the weekend. Broke my heart. Broke Absolutely. the missus' heart. Um, it's quite a... Uh, this this a was a cat affair. for the listeners. This was a cat that uh, you and uh, Mrs. Shark got together. So this was the, this was the team cat, was mm-hmm, it not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's you had a cat, lot mate. of... It's been, it was your cat. He's been right? in the trenches for 10 years, this big fella. He was a big... He was the most handsome boy in the world. He's the sweetest yep. boy in the world. He was my little podcast dog. That's what we called him, the pod dog. Every single week without fail for this entire podcast history, Matthew, when I would walk to the front of this house, turn on the computer, yes. this little fellow would he'd be running like a dog. He would run into this room and just right next to me at my feet looking for pats. Every podcast I've recorded, I've been patting this boy along the whole time. And this is the first time had we've had, had him, of, so I want to share him Had a good sense out. of humor, this cat, Mako. He's the best. He's the best. He was the literal he best He used to cat play tricky games when we were all... Goffed up, looking to go out, and we had to make sure we sighted the cat before going out. Was it this cat I'm thinking of? Was he the one that hid? <laughs> they all do that, mate. We've got three of them. Remember, but they all like used to, to hide. remember one time it took 45 minutes to lock eye on him, though, and we were looking and looking, and he was just he was playing trickery. Like I'm going to fuck your night. He, Stay with he, me, boys. He was that very was, good was at trickery. hiding. Mm. He was very good at hiding. He would just sometimes disappear, and you wouldn't know where he was, and he'd be hiding right up behind the uh, the back of the bed there. Yes. But no, what a man. I want to shout him out. I'm looking at him right now. A nice little uh, photo of him. I love him. He's here next to me on the computer and uh, he's still with me. So I love you. I love him. And uh, I love you, Matthew. And I love everyone out there that's uh, ever lost one of their best mates. It's the worst. I've sent, I sent you a text and said, when we lost our family dog, Mako Shark, I, I, it, it rocks you harder than potentially people you've known, adult human people. So mm-hmm. it's weird. They have a lock on you, these, these, these pets. They're more than just an animal, and because they spend so much time with you selflessly and give you no grief like a lot of people do, they're just way better. Absolutely uh, oh, so the best better, things man. on earth. So I put it yeah. to you, Mako Shark, I think that the radio station can't continue from episode one without a framey boy of the boy in the studio with us. I think he has to be there in some capacity because I don't think the show can actually succeed if we don't have a framed weekly photo that we bring in and have him a part of it because he's been 60 episodes and now it'll be the first one without him. But huge part, I used to hear the little ding, ding, and you could see him. I can see him. The listeners can't because it's a, it's not a visual show, but I can see him often. Pick him up. Mm-hmm. He's part of it. So I put it to you that we get a nice frame shot. You've got some glorious shots of him. And, you know, just bring him in and set him up there on the studio desk and just have him as part of it because he, he was there with us from the start, the day dot, the ride or die. Loved him. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm not a big cat guy. Not a big cat guy. 
He was it was more than a cat though that one Mako Shark and I feel very sorry for all of you involved because I think he would have been very good for your beautiful young daughter there as well. I think he would have been uh, great for her. So I'm very sorry for all of you and uh, but love to the boy and I think he'll live on in this show and the radio show going forward. He will. He will live on in all of our hearts. I love him. Thank you very much, everyone out there, for listening to me waffle on about my cat. But he's a legend. Matthew, Perth update. Yes. You yes. wanted it. Perth update. There's actually a bit of update yes. to come. Some strange news, yeah. some bad news, Shocking. some yuck news, a bit of fucking yuck. stinky news. Yucky, yucky poos. This is rotten news. You did something rotten, Paolo Costa. <laughs> Paolo Costa v. The Reaper, Rob Whitaker. It's off, Matthew. One of the great big fights on this card. Everyone was excited. Basically, apart from the main, this was the most exciting fight on the card. Off. And yeah, it's actually very shit and very flat. And I don't, I don't like it. Um, Paolo Costa's I'll put it to you. The card's a bit light just... now. Card's light now, in my opinion. That main paper, card's a light card. It's, Mate, it's a light, light boy card. on paper. Where yeah. I'm still dicks out because it's full of friendly no, pots. So regardless, caught, but sticks I just out. think that, on that paper, as a third fight was unbelievable mm. for me. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable, mm-hmm. like depth. It batted deep now. So I'm saying, mate, without this fight, they better hurry up and get Jack Della Maddalena on this fucking card. They would want to try and get Dan Hooker on this card to just bump this fucking thing up a bit. Yeah, bump. for the Americans on paper, it's a little bit like they'll be going, oh, yeah, okay, fuck. One great big fight, a bit flat. But. Yeah, the fucking Rob Whitaker fight off is just really flatlining. And then today they've announced a, another fight. Look, bun me, Matthew. Look, bun me. She's our girl, uh, though. We, we've we've done. Look, bun me. Look, look bun me. It's going to be Kath and Kim in Perth. Look, bun me. Look, bun you, Matthew. Look, bun me. Look, bun you. you. She's on the card, so I reckon yeah. they've heard the pod. They know the boys are on her, and they thought, mm-hmm. get her on the card. Let's get it going. I can't remember who she's fighting. Some chick. It's a women's bantamweight fight. It's Probably going to kick the whole uh, whole fucking shebang off. I would have thought at seven in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, I, I hope so, make a shot. But we're uh, we're media boys. We'll be at, we'll be there. We have to be there covering no, it. You're right. We're media boys. We got to get there. Sparrows fight. So look, Bon Mui on the card. Robert Whitaker off the card. So you know, sort of a fair trade. <laughs> it's a, now I play fantasy football, and there's a couple of trade calculators out there for all the fantasy football nuffies. And I tell you what, if you're putting Trading in Lookman Moon for Rob Whitaker, I think your computer would blow up with all your devices to not allow you to make that trade, Mako Shark. It's one of the and you know what? It could be fight of the night, the Lookman Moon fight. You just don't know, right? You just don't be more know. professional. Like, you uh, just don't know. Primary school when these little shit kicker kids are out there trading basketball cards and some little fucking little fucking bloke who hasn't got many mates has a Michael Jordan rookie card and then some big boy bully comes across with a little uh a little Happen fucking you, you give it to me. Happened, this happened to me. Who's the Detlef Shrimp? I've got a Detlef Shrimp card. Yep. And then you're like, hey, hey, I've got a real nice Detlef Shrimp here. You want to swap it for the Michael Jordan rookie? And then you're like, yep, yeah, I would. This happened to me, Mako Shark. Grade six kid. I got one of those upper deck. No, he swindled me. But then, ah. this is a great story. This is a great story, this. This big fat thing. I remember him. He's a fucking idiot, this bloke. He, um, <laughs> he was in grade six. I was like grade two. And I got one of those. I was oh, a big, big basketball guy, right? And I, mm. I got one of those upper deck, the ones where you send away. You know, where you got the card, and you've won. You got to send away special oh, cards back. Send away. I would have taken fucking. But I didn't realize, right? Because I was a great. Yeah, it would have. Like your stone cold shirts, right? So mm. I didn't realize the value of this because my kid in grade two, right? It's just a card with like the. I've got a golden ticket, right? And he said, "I'll give you, you a pippin." He gave me like a, a shitty pippin 
Jordan and like a Horace Grant say. So I'm just like, I keep going, well, this is three for one. It's pretty I, but good. I didn't realize. But everyone started laughing at me and I went, hang on. And I worked you out that he'd swindle me. So I swindled him. I went to the principal. This is so oh, good, boy. mate. Went to the principal and said, this big guy took my card. <laughs> so you know what card. happened? Because this, mm-hmm. yeah, tattled on him. His parents made him, they drove him around to my pit street house. He had to knock on mm-hmm. the door and give me the card back uh, and do a full apology, the, this fucker. Yep. You kept the pippin? Do you know I got him back again? Do you know what else I did? <laughs> he had like this car that he wouldn't let me use, like, this remote control car at school. So like he yep. wouldn't let us use it. I don't know if Gutchard remembers. You know what I did? I said he stole it off his other kid and then they, they confiscated the toy because they couldn't work out whose toy it was. For weeks he lost his toy until his parents had to come in and get his toy back. So I got the I got He's him probably back, in jail. You've fucked his whole life, I reckon. He's gone on the oh, wrong path him. getting this. I found those cards. I found those cards the other day, so I've got the full like the lamp. Yeah, anyway. Sorry. Sorry to jump you kept in. The pippin. That... No, no, no. I didn't, I didn't I had to give the pippin back, but I, I oh, sent away okay. and got the cards. Okay. I've got the cards. What was the, the send away? What did you get with the send away? So it was like a special upper deck like Anthony um, send away, the penny send away. So you sent away and got this, like, it was like one in, like, 500,000 packs had this card. And you sent it away and you got they gave you, like, a special edition series of, like, 15 cards. So I filled mm-hmm. up, like, a maybe it was 12. Because how many pockets was there? One, two, three by, like, ha- you know, a sleeve. for a, You know, you used to have the basketball card sleeves. Yeah, absolutely. So they filled up a sleeve. That, and uh, So it was a special. I've got them in the, in the garage. In the garage. I've got them. So anyway. I love it. Anyway. Good boy. Very good. I got excited. Yeah, I got them out the other day and I was Texting Gilly because he's an upper deck guy. So, mate, what are these things worth? Oh, I did the same cents. recently. Yeah, they're worth fucking <laughs> yeah. nothing. I had a big shoebox yeah. full, and I'm going picking through these real sick ones. These mm. skylight, these Hakeem Olajuwon skylight one, and I'm going Clyde Drexler, like all these fancy looking things. I'm going surely. Yeah, they're worth about nine cents, eight yeah. cents, dollar twelve, four dollars. Anyway, no, yeah, sorry to really uh, hijack on the card, but there's a funny story. Great story. Let's push on though. Okay. Yeah, we'll get, get out of that it. Perth sort of shittiness. We'll get yes, to a quick, quick, got? quick one, Matthew, because it's Christmas. People don't have a lot of time, yeah. Matthew. People don't have a lot of no, time. No, no. We'll just zip. We'll do We're a zip through. A quick multi recap. Well, I think we actually did quite well on this multi. A couple of us, a couple of them fucked me. Yeah. But I think pretty good, Matthew. Pretty good overall. Mm-hmm. I think we started off with a Manel Cape. I think that was where he got the win. That was a good one. We skipped yes. the brain battle fight, which uh, you tried to get me into the brain battle, which I almost did, almost succumbed to the battle, but didn't, Matthew, didn't, yeah, which was yes. good because battle got beaten quite convincingly. Uh, this yes. is what fucked me, though. I went the one-name Chinaman, Mahashate. Mahashate yeah, against Rafa Garcia. I was Garcia. disappointed Mahashate. by Mahashate. He's huge as well. He was massive. Did you see how big he was? Massive. He looked humongous. Shh. Had the reach. Fucking had the blood in this fight. He smashed the guy's... Yeah. Fucking skull open with an elbow, yeah. and then he apparently like smashed an artery and lost twenty percent of his blood. Did you read that? You say it's squirty. It was a squirty boy. Squirty boy. Can I Holy ask you, Mako Shark, about this now? The narrative. Have you noticed? Did you notice in that fight the commentary, the way they were commentating the fight? Did you Did you mm-hmm. notice the subtle uh, changes they've made? Tell me what you thought. So he's landed that blow, and then they start talking about. When it went to the judges, well, we, we look at damage now, like what damage has been done. So mm. like, they're like, that's not how you judge a fight is the damage. That's not a thing because he's got to be cut. It's ridiculous. Wow. If that's, how, it's, it's, that's, how, that's what Portnoy says. That, like a nuffy that doesn't know anything about the sport, he goes like, Paddy the Batty won due to damage. It's like that, that's not 
That that's not a thing. It's like strike. It shouldn't landed. be an it's exact like, science it, like that because yeah, if you smash dumb. a guy's fucking face open with Mate, an Diaz elbow, then won. don't Diaz never don't touch him fight. for the rest of the round. Yeah. You still shouldn't win, should you? Even though you've split him open with an elbow and he's bleeding like a stuck pig, and he just Diaz would never have won a fight. You, you shouldn't Ever. win. Yeah, but no. it is weird. I think there is a bit of a slight change with the scoring, and they do, I think, take into account damage a bit more than they used to. But as you said, no one really knows what the fuck's going on with JP. Sit us down, mate. Put us through one of those AFL. You know, when they get the AFL, that's one of the only things they do well. All their media, all the journos, they bring them in for a big day mm. at Eddie had, and they, they discuss rule changes. They discuss um, what yep. they're doing in the yep. There's none of that in the UFC. There's a lack of leadership there. Mako shut. You can't just all of a sudden start just, scoring on damage like what the fuck is that what if a bloke takes a guy down 40 times and holds him down 100%. 40 times yeah does he not yep. win because he has a big vagina cut on his head oh come on that's what i mean this you can take it down man you can take a bloke down 80 times controlling for oh, four fuck. minutes and like yeah. be better and win the round but the guy might get up and just punch you in the face a couple <laughs> times bust you open and then all right you break win the your round. nose it, okay you it still win. takes it's, it's mixed martial arts it takes skill and talent and commitment and a lot of years to be able to take blokes down and control them. So it is very anyway, strange the way I'm just nervous anyway, if this is going to be the, the mantra going in because our man, the crudy pie, give us a few more of them, please, because you, you roll them off the tongue fantastically. The names? Yeah. Yeah, this next fight. I saw a good meme. You know that like meme where the no, guy's No, 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 no. I'm saying it worries me about our friend of the pod, the crudy pie, because he's going to go into more of a grappling phase of his career. Oh, and if it's right, if it's right, judged right. on damage, what if he's cut but he's absolutely schooled yeah, the bloke yeah. well, in a wrestling to... grappling? So the Crudosaurus Rex, he could be bloody T-Rex armed, like little pin armed, because a bloke cuts his eyebrow. It's fucking stupid. I don't stand yeah. for it, Mako. No, it I don't stupid. want it. I don't like Denny Krupmuster, though, he's just going to have to jizz the tits, Matthew, and just tap blokes out. That's what he's going to have to do. Okay. Well, the next fight, have you seen that meme? There's like a sort of a guy and he's sweating. It's like it's beads of sweat just dripping off his face. Have you seen that meme? I saw this one. It was that's, funny. That's Greg. me like, this week. Yeah, you this week. There's that guy and he's just, just, just beads of sweat just dripping. It was like... People that like bet on UFC based on names alone. So they see a crazy Dagestani name and they just bet on that bloke. And That's then they us. go, this fight, it just came up, this fight. People that bet on names alone and then this fight comes up. Saeed Namagomedov versus Saeed Jakob Kachramanov. <laughs> it's like, who the fuck are you going to bet on? Who you Can actually, I just who say, you, you, know, you name that second guy better than anyone's ever named him. You name him better than his I own I get it wrong still. I was been doing it during the week. I was testing myself. It's Kach... Kachram, oh, see, it's fucking hard. There's like a way of saying it properly. Kachram, oh, I can't do it, but it's fucking hard. His first name's Saeed. Does Bruce Buffer do it? There's no way he does it. Saeed Yakub Kachram, yes, Kachramanov. That's how it is. Saeed Kachramanov. That's what it is. Yeah. So anyway, he was bashing Namagomedov, but then he just went, right, sunk a fucking guillotine in and got him and tapped him out in the second round because his name's Namagomedov. So that's just what you do. Next fight, Matthew, friend of the podcast, Australia's own Jake Matthews up against Matthew Semmelsberger. Disappointing mm. result for Australia. Disappointing for the uh, friend of the pod, Jakey Math. Just, uh, it was a good fight in the end, actually. Great fight. Yeah. Both men, hammer and tongs, really heart. just bashing each other. Heart, hearts of lions, tough blokes, tough blokes. Mm. Jake Matthews, mm. I thought, actually looked quite good. For a majority of the right. fight, and was controlling quite a bit, but got dropped unfortunately a couple times. Couldn't come the back. The issue making in this fight was he was getting counted on that left hook that he had. Mm. He, I think he yep. got a bit left hook uh, friendly after he sort of had the Fiolo uh, 
uh, Fialo with the left hook. That was where he was doing damage, and I feel like maybe he thought that's his new weapon. But every time he did that, the other boy, the uh, that, what do they call him, the Jedi, the semi fucking, the Jedi, semi the Jedi, was going straight right and going, "Well, you're going to come around the side. I'm going to go right Down up the, the button." And and yeah. but showed unbelievable heart to not be put out. Um, but yeah, definitely was a, a step off his previous performance. So hopefully he can get back. To the performance Definitely, and I think a lot of yeah. people, including ourselves here on the, the Australia's Hottest Pod, of course, but uh, I think a lot of people may be sleeping on old Semi the Jedi. I look through his record. Yeah. Not a yeah. man to be sneezed at. He's got, before this fight, he had two knockouts in under 16 seconds in the UFC. Yes. This is a man yeah, that panicked. shouldn't be trifled with, Matthew. So I panicked with I people were just... Uh, yeah. I panicked. People they mentioned that as he was coming out, and, and we Christmas yeah, truffled. Oh, oh. We truffled with it going we into truffle, Christmas. Baby. Truffle. We truffled. So with people it just expecting I, Jake mm. to just roll through him like a hot knife through butter. I think maybe a bit more respect on Semi the Jedi. Good, good, just a good fella. I reckon. Well, look at him. Big guy. Look big, Mako Shark. He looked yeah, quite look big. big. He's got the big beard. He's got the fucking hair going. I don't mind him. Looks at all, a bit like that bloke that played for Hawthorne. Oh, fucking Spanger. 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 Yeah, spanger. He's got a bit spanger. of a Spanger sort of like cult sort of status about him, I reckon. He does, mate. He does. Let's push on because, as we said, we're going to try and whip through this. Drew Dober, our man, the Doberman, the man with the fucking chin, the, the American yeah. collegiate athlete, the lacrosse player, the kegger, <laughs> the man that would just suck down piss at a frat party. The man that fucking Green. Simon in the, uh, the cup. Absolutely got the Simon in the cup, just pale <laughs> ale. Enjoy the pale. He's a bit of stiffler vibe, I'm telling you. This man. Just I want him on the pod. I reckon he giggle. He'd giggle at the Simon I want him on the, the pod. I reckon he's done it. He's done it. 100% he's There's Simon. A friend in of the, the cup. pod that knows him and is trying just to pull some strings to get the big man on. We're, we're close. I you want him to tell on. me off air, and I might get a nudge he's on the, the friend of the pod. He's got the big chin. He's just got the Huge. sex appeal. He's a banger. He just does not have boring fights, Matthew. He's getting pieced mm. up almost. But he's, yep. he's going to find your chin at some point, Drew Dober. Heart of a lion, heart of a Doberman. And that's what he did. He just ended up KO, KOing Bobby Green in the second round with some flushy boys. Oh, he flooded fucking. Bobby Green was like actually making him look a bit silly. Talking to him, like, you know, you ain't got shit, boy, mm. all this. like, And absolutely, like, he was outspeeding him. Like, fuck me. He made him look slow, right? But as the commentary said, if he hits him, it's probably mm. over. And what yeah. happened? He just keeps coming. He doesn't go down, mate. He, that chin, no. that jaw that he has is just some sort of mythical creature. <laughs> Should have its own postcode, that thing. It's very quagmire isn't it? Yeah, oh, mate. Absolutely. He's got a bit of at it, and you get French fries, I reckon. Only a little giggity-giggity. The old... Uh... Well, I love him. I reckon he'd be uh, dynamo in the bedroom, just, just between you and me. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know what? It's either dynamo or it's like a rabbit. 15 pumps and out yeah, the government. Yeah. I reckon. Because he's got to get gonna, back and do some mat dynamo. work. I reckon, <laughs> I reckon Rabbit to do more mat work. Potentially. He wants to get back out there. Look, I'm going to push through, push through, push through. Uh, give, us, give us rapid Armin, fire. Go for it. Yeah, rapid fire. Armin Sarukian versus Damir yeah. Ismagulov, Matthew. A fucking high-level fight against two Fantastic. massive, massive up-and-comers. Like, just... In the lightweight division, this lightweight division is stacked full of these blokes that are coming through almost the new guard that's going to push out all your fucking Chandlers and your Poirier's and all these blokes. These are the new boys coming up that are just yeah. very skilled, very dangerous, man. Armin Sarukian looked great, controlled him. Ismagulov, I think, had won 19 straight coming into this, like some sort of freakazoid from Kazakhstan. Uh, no, one's, we no one's beating him We backed him the Sarukian, like didn't we? 
Yeah, we did. Absolutely, we did. And he got yeah. the job done. We backed him. He came out but today uh, and had a big clippy. Did he have a big clip today on the yeah, NRL? Yeah, he clipped blokes. Oh, like He's clipping it. Chandler, it was actually he's clipping Poirier's, chipping You know what's accurate, though? Because they only do fight each other. They don't want to fight these blokes. I'm telling you now, Poirier's, these guys, they don't want to yeah. risk their position up against these guys, man. The new breed. They're animals. Yeah, they're animals. Like they're the sick. Breed. They've got a lot of talent, a lot of skills. They're this new breed of just fully... They're just well-rounded. They're just coming up, just just very. Do you good know what it reminds me of? Tell me. Us. The new breed, Matthew. Just very. We're well the new rounded. breed, mate. There's a lot of people that started. Gamut. We've talked about. We got. We used to get a lot of sharing and loving from a lot of industry folk, and then as they realised our ability, no one wants to even get near us on a sense mm-hmm, of that, mm-hmm. Mako Shark. And we remember. Mm-hmm. We know the ones that have been following us and the ones that have been. I guess uh, Poirieing us versus Sarukian, and we'll we'll remember this Mako Shark. But I reckon they, the young up and comers with a bit of oomph about them that aren't just resting on their on their on their fucking yep. Laurel hotels. And uh, anyway, they're Laurel Canyons. Canyons, they are Mako Shark. No, fuck no, them. So anyway, Canyon. Anyway, Canyon oh, fell. Who better than Canyon? Yeah, who better? Yeah, and fuck. he fell and he bounced because they had the springy who boys under Canyon. He did. Rest in peace. Yeah, he's dead. Yeah. Rest in peace. Okay. He's a wrestler from okay. the 90s. Of course he's dead, mate. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> main point. event. It was on Thunder. Anyone on WCW Thunder, if you're alive, you're yeah. fucking, you should. Anyway. Touch wood, I would have thought. Jared Cannonier, Sean Strickland, the main event. Uh, very much the fight I expected. Five rounds. Both blokes doing a little bit, doing a little bit, doing not nothing, nothing exciting, really. It was a bit of a... Whatever kind of fight, five rounds. Sean Strickland thinks he won. It was hard to actually judge. One of those fights where all the rounds were pretty even. No one really took the ascendancy. No one really did anything massive. No one really took your breath away or really just asserted themselves. It was very much a 50-50 affair. I thought Cannoneer probably ended up nudging it slightly. So I reckon this whole Strickland coming out and going, what the fuck? What are these judges watching? This is bullshit. I don't think it, mate. Don't try and scream robbery because it's the new trendy thing. I don't think it was a robbery. I just think it was a bit I of a flat fight. I think both men are extremely boring. Mm. No, I don't extremely disagree with boring. that. Strickland so talks a big Strickland game. Strickland doesn't, doesn't hit doesn't ever shit. as hard as he yeah. can. It's more like he just does yeah. this. He stands upright in the pocket and like just hits to hit, right? But he doesn't hit him properly and hard enough to knock him out. And the cannon he achieves, if he doesn't yeah. like every one in four fights he lands and does something incredibly like powerful and you go, whoa. But if you actually step back a step and look at his history, he has shocking, boring fights majority of the time. For the two of them, it, was, it wasn't it was well match made in my opinion. And I don't think there was a winner. I reckon they should have called it a draw and said both of you <laughs> fucking lift your game. And the cheese by coming out and saying, I want to fight Bob Knuckles. Mate, he pieced you uh, up so badly the first oh, time. Yeah. Embarrassing. Do you know what though? No. Good on him because he's he's coming off two wins, I think. Yep. Yep. Uh, so this is a big opportunity. Yeah. yeah. Or is it? Yeah. No, it's maybe yeah, because he knocked someone out brutally. Adesanya. He lost to Adesanya and then came back and knocked someone out horrifically, then won on the weekend, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you might be right. You might be right. Because he leapfrogged by knocking uh, – he knocked he knocked someone out recently, really brutally. I'm certain of it. And everyone was like, ooh, the cannon here. I'm, I'm certain of it, unless I'm wrong. We're going to fucking tell I'm, you right now, Matthew. I've got it here. He, no, no, his last fight was Adesanya. He smashed the fuck out of Brunson before the Adesanya That's fight. right. That's Sorry, right. then. Okay, right. So 
He's come off the Adesanya and had a win against another yeah. top guy and probably just wants to use Bob as a leapfrog. And if I can win, then you get the title. I'd take shot. it. So that's- just because we want something in Perth, I'll take fucking Cannonier versus Robin oh, Perth. Mate. But if it wasn't Perth and it was just a regular event, I'd say hit the Shocking. fucking chair with Jared. Hit the chair. You're not getting that fight. What's Bob got Bob, to now- – why would Bob fight you? Bob should get the title shot. Well, yeah, there's nothing else for Bob. He was going to fight Secret of Jules – which is great because he hasn't fought Secret yeah. Jewels. But every single yeah. other bloke in the top fucking whatever, he's already paced yep. him up. So there's no point for Robbie to take a fucking Cannoneer no. fight. Nothing to gain no. at all. Why would he? So fuck off. He'll eat cheesecake for Christmas. And I think if, if Izzy doesn't, doesn't want the automatic rematch, I want Pereira, Bob. I think Izzy does. Okay. Well, and Izzy deserves it. Yeah, he'll have that. Um, my fish and chips, Matty, they're about to arrive. I reckon we push right on through this podcast. No, mate, it's, it's Christmas a fish and after chip. all. It's a fish and chip push through. Now, that's done, that card. We're finished with that card, Mako Shark. And the boxing that's review from the year. weekend, we were going to have a really big pump up for Flemo Cock and for the big, uh, big sexy, oh, big daddy that does Dubai. the sexy selfies. Hey, guys, I'm big daddy. As we've always said, I'm he loves her. He yeah. Lo- yeah, I'm Lee. I saw him punching metal yesterday on Instagram. I don't know if you saw that. He was doing these weird. He's the thirst trap queen. Thirst trap king is what he is. King. I'll edit that. Do you see him punching metal, Big Lucas? He's fucking. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a unit. Uh, battering his eyelids. Guy. Good on him. I like him a lot, and he likes the pod. So we don't even talk about that. I don't think there was any boxing worth talking about from the weekend at all, Mako Shark. Not that I saw, to be honest with you. It's end of the year. Not much happening. Not much happening, Matthew. So I'll say to you, uh, that's about it for this week. We don't want to just drag listeners on for no reason. We, nah, we nah, talk nah, when there's something to talk about. Mago Shark's got an onion ring that he's really looking to dive headfirst into. There'll be another episode next week to close the year out. It'll be more of an MMA preview. Uh, and we'll uh, we'll give you, hopefully, some Bobby Knuckles updates with the Perth uh, preview, Mako Shark. And I'll say great effort from you to come on this week, Mako. You've had a big week. You've lost the boy. So it, it takes a lot of courage to come in and... And uh, as you said, he was your pal at your feet. He was the man in that room. So uh, good on you to put the listeners before yourself. And that shows the sort of man you are. The listeners love you. I love you, Mako Shark. And uh, you have a, a lovely Christmas. First one as a father. So that's very exciting. Mm-hmm. They, they just, very exciting. It's fantastic. And as it will culminate, she'll, she'll start to get the whole Santa, believe in the Santa stuff. And it's just, I tell you, it's fantastic. Great man, Santa. Leo, Santa crazy. Flipping Love out, that. so it re- gives it. you a rejuvenation yeah. into Christmas, mate. He's absolutely so, in the wheelhouse for just, just oh, popping yeah. for Christmas. Three, three to seven, years. I reckon, when they're really. Yeah, so I'm at the right age zone. now. It's a four-year zone. It's a degree. We get a degree in Christmas, and then it gets a bit iffy because the kids will probably tell him, you know. Anyway, because he listens, so we probably shouldn't talk about this. Um. So anyway, good on you. Is, uh, yeah. Have a great Christmas as a father for the first time. I love you. The listeners love you, and you can take us out, my man. Thank you very much. Love you all. Have a great Christmas, everyone out there. Everyone that's listened to this pod throughout the year, fantastic. Love you all. Appreciate it. Enjoy Christmas. Be safe. Eat a shitload of food. Eat some kids. And then come back next week. And before all that, love you, Ricky. What the fuck is that guy?